What up, y'all? It's Jesse here, a.k.a. Jesse Prada, coming back at you with another episode on the Christ Convo podcast, where we inspire you to live the best way you can for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Listen, I hope this episode blesses you. Let's get into it, y'all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I need your spirit, Lord. I need your power, Lord. I need your anointing, God. Oh, God, keep me day by day, hour by hour, and moment by moment. I need it. I need it. I need the power of the Holy Ghost. I need him to walk right. I need him to talk right. I need him. 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 Y'all, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's going to be a very interesting episode today. I think um, many of you are going to be touched. Many of you are going to be encouraged. Many of you are going to Feel a charge concerning your destiny and concerning who you are supposed to be in the earth because you are called to be somebody. Why did I start off the podcast just singing in that churchy melody or that churchy tone? Because I wouldn't be me if I didn't do that, y'all. Y'all got to know who I am. If y'all don't know me, if you're listening to this and you know me in real life, you would know that the way that I started this podcast is the way that I'd probably start a conversation with you. Right. So I grew up in a Baptist church. I'm real churchy today. I was reminiscing on my Baptist roots. And so while I currently do not attend a Baptist church anymore, I appreciate the foundation that was set in me because, yeah, I'm just I'm just grateful for that. The foundation of the word um, and the scriptures was set in in my spirit. So I just honor my roots and I honor everything that God utilized to cultivate who I am today as a man of God. So yeah, that's that just that's where that came from. Um but today we're going to we're going to just talk about you know you feel unqualified for the call of God. So how do you respond to that? The title of this podcast is Help I Feel Unqualified. So every person that follows Jesus has a call and has a purpose. Every person has a mandate. And while we all have the great commission, there are other things that are specific to you and the makeup of who you are that Jesus himself has commissioned you to do. Not everybody's direct commissioning looks the same. While we all, you know, are commissioned to go out and make disciples, we do not all hold the same positions in the kingdom of God. We do not all operate the same way in the kingdom of God, right? We are one body and many different pieces. So every person has a destiny. Every person has a purpose. Every person has a call. So what do you do when God shows you your call. See, because you got you got two groups of people. Now, first things first is this. You have a group of people that don't even know what their call is. You have a group of people that 
are seeking and desiring language to understand who they are and why they were created to live. Why, why are they supposed to, you won't, you know, that's one of the reasons why many people can be suicidal is because they, they don't believe that there's a point to live. They don't believe that there's anything worth living for outside of themselves. When God gives you purpose, it's important that you steward over that because that's a blessing because not many people recognize that they have that. But to go back to the group of people that do not have language, it's so sad in the church because I believe the church lacks the translation ability from the spirit realm into the natural realm. I believe the church lacks the ability to interpret what heaven is saying over an individual. And I'm not saying that this is the church as a whole, but what I think is to the degree and to the demand that God is putting on people, it seems like there's a lack of church is in America that are able to steward over the call and the demand that the Lord has placed on people that he's raising up. And this is the thing. God will place a demand and he will place a call on people regardless of how long they've been saved. You have people that have had messianic encounters with Jesus. And in that same encounter, they got saved and God revealed to them that they were a prophet and God revealed to them that they're going to be a business owner and God revealed to them that they would be a chancellor of a college. Right? So, these are things that God is doing in the earth right now. Quick, radical, strong encounters. And God is even releasing language to cause that people have never even heard of before. And who is who? It, it's not just the responsibility of the believer to stay connected with God. It is the responsibility of the church. This is why apostles and prophets and the fivefold ministry is so important. And why the enemy desires for the church to reject the fivefold ministry, especially the apostles and prophets. And I just don't understand this because and this is why it's so frustrating, because it just seems to me the church believes in pastors. They believe in teachers and they believe in evangelists. But the highest two offices that are listed to be the foundation of the church above the Lord, the, the, the foundation that has been built upon Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone, the apostles and the prophets, they are rejected. All other three positions of the fivefold offices are accepted and those two are rejected. And the apostle is the one that gives direction or I'm sorry, the, the, the prophet gives the insight and the apostle gives the push, gives the initiation, gives the charge. So, the 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 offices and the gifts that are given to God's church that are called to give you direction and insight and language are the two offices that are rejected the most in the church. That's an issue in itself. And this is one of the reasons why we have a group of people that don't know or they don't have language for who they are. It's not even necessarily that God isn't speaking. No, God desires to speak through men, but men aren't as available as they would like to seem. 
And so we have a people that are created by God to fulfill a certain purpose in the earth, but there isn't language for who they are because unfortunately many people in the church don't have the language for this. And like I said, while God desires for us to seek him and receive understanding from him, God uses men all the time to help escort people into their destiny. Men are an extension of God's heart towards you if they carry it. And if they are truly upright and upstanding before the God, they should be an extension of how God feels about you, right? Of, of what God thinks. You should, you should have encounters with people where you leave these encounters knowing or being affirmed in the way that the Lord thinks about you in the way that the way that he feels about your call, your purpose and your specific destiny that he's placed inside of you. This is why language is so important. So we have the people that don't understand anything at all. And so they can feel unqualified because they know that they have a strong call, but they don't even know what it is. So the fact that they know that God has strongly called them could be intimidating because if you ask them, they wouldn't know, but they just have an inner knowing. And then you have the group of people where God has shown them vividly who they are called to be in the kingdom of God, how they are called to manifest the kingdom of God here on earth, and they feel unqualified. So two different, two different uh, outlooks when it comes to your destiny or your purpose but both groups of people can feel unqualified, can feel unsuitable for the position. So there's many things that come with feeling unqualified. Sometimes it can be fear. Sometimes it can be uh, comparison. Uh, sometimes it could be feelings of inadequacy. Sometimes it could be condemnation. We're going to address all of these. I'll start with the first one. Or I'm not going to say the first one, but I'm going to just address it in whatever I feel led because I'm flowing on this thing. So a lot of my podcasts, these are just more so I just lean into what I feel like the spirit is leading me to talk about. Um, and then I just flow with him. So we'll just keep doing that. So when it comes to your destiny, many blockages or many things that can cause you to feel unqualified. One of them is condemnation. I was ministering to a person and I was basically just telling them recently how the Lord really wanted them to let themselves go. And I feel like we need to understand that a lot of the times why we are stagnant, could it be the devil? Yes, it could. It, it very much so could be the devil trying to put you in a demonic headlock and keep you from moving forward. Yes, that is possible. But there are also a lot of times where the enemy is not stag. He is not causing us to be stagnant. We are stagnating. We are making ourselves stagnant. We are paralyzing ourselves in the realm of the spirit. God has forgiven us from our sins, but we cannot seem to forgive ourselves. Do you know that you can't, you don't just have to be judgmental towards somebody else. You can be judgmental towards yourself. You know, when the Bible says, blessed are the merciful, 
for they shall obtain mercy. God was not just talking about you being merciful to other people. He was talking about you being merciful towards yourself. Do you know that God gets frustrated just as much when your perspective about yourself isn't accurate? Not just when your perspective about others isn't accurate. Do you know that God is grieved when you mistreat yourself? Do you know that God is grieved when you talk down on yourself, when you talk down on yourself, when when you when you subtract from the worth that God has placed upon you because you are his image? When you do those things towards yourself, you grieve the spirit of God, you grieve God. And so unforgiveness towards yourself will paralyze you in your call and it will make you feel unqualified. God calls people based off of their submission and the purity. God is the one that makes you pure. God is the one that restores you. As soon as you repented and gave your life to Jesus, your sins and the penalty of your sins are no more. And so that is something that you have to hold tight to. And it is literally the enemy's job to say, oh, because of your past, you cannot walk in this call. You've got to learn to use your weaknesses as strength. Paul said, I will boast in my weakness. You get what I'm saying? So what it, how you counter the devil, you counter the devil by using what he's accusing you of to your advantage to destroy his kingdom. So if you were if you were addicted to fornication, if you were addicted to weed, if you were addicted to anything that was against the way that God was calling you to live as a Christian, you use the fact that God delivered you from that to set somebody else free. Right? So so why why do why does God call us to minister? Why does God call us to our purpose? He calls us to our purpose and to our placement in society. Why? To represent him. The Bible says, okay. Let me find the scripture. Because I really I really want you to minister. I I mean I really I really I really want you to understand why God wants to use you as a minister of a gospel. Being a being a minister has nothing to do with wearing a clergy collar. The word ministry simply means service. You are called to service in the earth. You are called to be a minister. You are a minister of reconciliation. You are called to be a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hold on one second. I'm looking this up right now. Okay. So this is Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Go to Romans chapter 10. You know what? I feel like reading this in my paper Bible. I'm paper Bible saved. I wonder if y'all hear them pages turning. I just got a new Bible. It's an ESV Bible. I love it. Romans chapter 10. And I believe I'm going to the 14th verse. 
but we'll see where we're we'll see what it is. Okay. Go to Romans chapter 10, verse 13. And it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him in whom they have never heard? And how are they going to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. So one of the reasons why God sends you out into your purpose is to be a preacher of the gospel. The preacher of the gospel. Now, you got to understand there are many different um there are there are many different what's the word I'm trying to use? There's many different facets to the gospel. There is a component of the gospel that is related to just the objective events that occurred. What do I mean by that? The fall of creation, the 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 corruption of mankind, the the necessity of a savior, the fact that we as human beings fell because of sin because we did not measure up to the standard of a holy and perfect God. So he had to send his perfect son, Jesus Christ, wrapped in flesh to become sin on our behalf and to conquer death and wickedness so that we could have access to the eternal life who shed his precious blood for the remissions of our sins and rose from the grave so that we might live with God in eternity. That is a part of the gospel. But there is another portion of the gospel that is your testimony. Your testimony, it provides evidence that the gospel is true. One of the ways that you effectively preach the gospel and you preach the delivering power and the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is you preach what God has done in your life. Do you understand? One of the look, I'm going to tell you this. I'm sure people would agree with me when it comes to a lot of people uh, who are hearing the good news for the very first time in the midst of you also throwing scripture and showing them, you know, the word of God and who Jesus was in the scriptures and how he moved in the scriptures. Testifying opens people's hearts. We're talking about condemnation right now. Testifying hope opens people's hearts. Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The Bible also says in Revelation that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So this is why I'm saying that it is the devil's intention to let condemnation paralyze you when what you do is you use the deliverance from your past to thrust you forward into your purpose. What the devil is using to accuse you will be the very thing that God uses to destroy his kingdom. And so when you have a perspective shift, now you can use it as a weapon. You can use it as a convincing agent to the goodness of God in your life. So do not let condemnation rule you. Loose yourself from condemnation today. 
Because even with condemnation, you can still move with chains being on you. You can still move. You're just not able to be as mobile as you would be without the chains. Some of you that are dealing with condemnation and some of you that are allowing condemnation because let me tell you this. See, you got to understand your authority as a son and as a daughter of God. If condemnation is overtaking you, it is because you are allowing it. Let me bring to you some confirmation. For the Bible app, if you look at the Bible app, the verse of the day for today the verse of the day is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. It says, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring every thought into the captivity of the obedience of Christ. So condemnation, thoughts, ideas, imaginations, fantasies of condemnation that the enemy tries to bombard you with. The fact that it is standing in your mind is because you are allowing it. You are a son. You are a daughter of God. You have the divine authority and legislation over your mind and over your heart to pull down every thought and every stronghold of condemnation that the enemy would try to use to paralyze you from completing your purpose and your destiny. It is a lie from the pit of hell that because of your mistakes that God is not able to use you and that you are unqualified. As a matter of fact, that's why God wants to use you because when he uses you, he knows that only he can take the credit for the fact that you are being used in the way that you are. If you were perfect and if you were great and you had everything in order, God couldn't get the glory from your purpose. God couldn't get the glory from your calling. But when people see your life and they see and hear your testimony and they see who you are now, it will be the convincing agent to pull them into the kingdom because they will say, surely this is the God that you serve. Surely God is with you. Surely the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is a real thing. This is not a fairy tale. You are a living witness that the gospel is true. We, us, this is why the Holy Spirit is inside of us. He's not here to just sanctify us. He is here to demonstrate the kingdom through us. The greatest evidence of the gospel being true is not a miracle. It's not a sign. It's not a wonder. It's not even the casting out of devils. You know what it is? It's God changing a man. It's God changing a woman. When you look at somebody that used to act a certain way and they began to change gradually over time and it's a major contrast, it's like day and night. There is no reason and explanation for that other than the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't fake something like that. You can't fake repentance. You can't fake purity. You can't fake wholeness or restoration. There's only one solution. There's only, there's only one person that is able to supply that. There's only one God that's able to supply that. And it's Jesus Christ. Don't allow the enemy to paralyze you from your purpose. Another thing that paralyzes you, that keeps you from your call, that makes you feel unqualified, comparison. Y'all, let me tell you something. 
your journey with God is your journey. Look, some of you, some of you are discouraged because you feel like God saved you late. Or you feel like God saved you even too early. God saved you based off of his sovereignty. I need you to understand this, fam. God is the one that chose you, right? He he chose you. He said, God, he said, Father, give those to me that belong to me even before the world began. You got to understand the time and the season that you were saved was already predestined by the Lord Jesus Christ before the worlds were ever even created. So before God even said, let there be light, he said, I'm going to let Jesse be saved in November of 2018. That 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 moment of salvation was established before God even breathed, before God even took a breath of the breath of life in the nostrils of Adam. Your call to salvation was established before the galaxies were ever even formed. Do not be ashamed, y'all. Hear me. Do not be ashamed. Do not be discouraged at the timing of your salvation. <clears throat> it was the sovereignty of God that you met him at the time that you did, that you ran into him at the time that you did. And you have to be okay with the journey. Comparison is a killer. You got to understand why comparison is so dangerous, especially concerning your call and your purpose. You got to understand the first murder that was ever on the planet was because of comparison. Cain. Okay. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to read it because this is so powerful to me. This is so powerful to me. I hope y'all are right. Hold on, I'm finding it. Don't worry. It's in Genesis, so I know I know where it's at. Okay. So Genesis chapter. Oh God. Genesis chapter four. It says uh okay genesis chapter 4 verse 2 it says and again she bore his brother abel now abel was a keeper of sheep and cain a worker of the ground in the course of time cain brought to the lord an offering of the fruit of the ground and abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions and the lord had regard for abel and his offering but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. It's the its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Listen to this. Verse eight, Genesis four, verse eight. Cain spoke to his brother, Abel, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother and Abel killed him. Uh, oh, sorry. No, sorry. Let me reread that. Let me reread that again. 
Genesis chapter 4, verse 8. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother, Abel, and killed him. So this is interesting because, number one, I just want to say, the Bible says that Cain went into the field and spoke to his brother, and then he rose up against Abel and killed him. Now, this is just what I believe, okay? I believe that when Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, in the field before he killed him, I believe that Cain spoke to Abel about the fact that God rejected his sacrifice. And I believe Abel gave him an answer that he didn't want to hear. And so he got mad and raised against his rebuke and then killed his brother. That's what I believe happened. I believe the conversation was something like this. Hey, hey, bro, God don't like my sacrifice and he likes yours. And I don't I don't know how I'm really feeling about that. And I believe Abel said, I think you're just frustrated that I gave God a sacrifice that you're not willing to give. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's what he said to Cain verbatim, but I believe that Abel gave Cain a form of confrontation that he didn't like. And so it caused his anger to thrust forward and kill his brother. So, yeah, but with that being said, the first murder that ever took place against a brother in the entire world was because of comparison. So let this just even be a warning to you that right now comparison can be used as a form of you feeling unqualified. But if you're not careful, the devil will use it for murder in your life. And so you have to be content with your journey. You have to be content with your process. You have to be content with who you are and how God calls you to operate in the earth. We are not all called to reach everybody. There are people that you can reach that I'm not able to reach. There are people that I can reach that you're not able to reach. But you have to understand that God's call is unique for you. When you compare your call to somebody else's, you're saying, God, I don't honor and appreciate the specific call that you place on my life. Ask the Lord, you got to ask God, you got to ask God, what carnal mindset are you falling into that you cannot reverence something spiritual that he's placed in you? Because the fact that you can't honor the call on your life shows that there's a residue of carnality inside of you. Why? Because comparison is going based off of the world standards and not God's. We are going based off of what we feel like is good or what we feel like is great or what we feel like is better or more sufficient than rather than what God says himself. So when you compare, you're saying, God, I don't honor the call that you placed on me. I don't appreciate it. God, I wish you made me like somebody else. When God makes no person the same. When God gives no person the exact same call. And so these are things that you have to think about. God, why do I compare myself? Because now what will happen is if you don't deal with that comparison in your heart, when you step into your call, it will come into competition. And the Bible says a house divided cannot stand. One of the reasons why the church can fall is because the saints are competing with each other. The saints are trying to outdo one another. You know, I know a lot of y'all are not going to like what I'm about to say. But you allowing yourself to be sunk 
in this place and in this mindset of not feeling qualified is a form of pride. It's it's a form of you making it seem like your call is about you. See, we think that humility means that we think that when we say God is humbling us, we think that that simply just means that we talk too much or we're too aggressive or we are know-it-alls and we try to be smart Alex and all that other stuff. And God can humble you from that kind of attitude, but God can humble you from being overly consumed with yourself. Uh-oh. Every time God calls you to do something, you are being overly consumed with yourself. All right, let's go to the scripture again. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm just I'm just turning. I'm just turning to the word because I just feel like. Um, I just I just feel like we are we are running into a lot of things that are in the word. And so, yeah, hold on one second. Uh, let me find it. We're going to we're going to go to Exodus. Let's go to Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three, Exodus chapter three, Exodus chapter three, Exodus chapter three. Okay. So now I just want to, I just want to say this. Um, I feel like I got a little bit of a lengthy read for real, for real. Um, because I want, I want you all to, I want you all to see what it looks like to frustrate God when he calls you. This is okay. So I'm going to just read, uh, Exodus chapter three, verse seven. And we're just going to read the word because y'all need to learn how to read the word for a, for a long while. So. And I'm not going to say y'all because a lot of y'all know how to read the word, but it's OK. Basically, all I'm saying is I'm not going to shorten my read just because I'm on a podcast. So if you're just going to follow through and listen to the reading of the scripture, then you will do so. Exodus chapter three, verse seven, it says, then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hevites and the Jebusites. And now behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them come I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? He said, but I will be with you and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, 
Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel. The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Go and gather the elders of Israel together and say to them, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and of Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have observed you and what has been done to you in Egypt. And I promise that I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites and the uh, Hitt the Hittites the Amorites, the Perizzites, and the Hevites, and the Jebusites, a land flowing with the milk and honey, and they will listen to your voice, and you go, uh, and you and the elders of Israel shall go to the king of Egypt and say to them, the Lord of the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. And now please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice the Lord our God sacrifice to the Lord our God but I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless compelled by a mighty hand so I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all the wonders that I will do in it after that he will let you go and I will give this people I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians and when you go you shall not go empty but each woman shall ask for of her neighbor and any woman who lives in her house for silver and gold and for jewelry you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters so you shall plunder the egyptians then moses answered but behold they will not believe me or listen to my voice for they will say lord they will say the lord did not appear to you the lord said to him what is in that what is that in your hand he said a staff and he said throw it on the ground so he threw it on the ground and he became a serpent and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put out his hand and caught it and it became a staff in his hand that the Lord that they may uh, that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has appeared to you again. The Lord said to him, put your hand inside your cloak. And he put his hand inside his cloak and he took it out. Behold, his hand was leprous like snow. Then God said, put your hand inside your cloak. So he put his hand back inside the cloak. And when he took it out, behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. If they will not believe you, God said, or listen to the first sign, they may believe you. They may believe the latter sign. If they will not believe these two signs, listen to your or listen to your voice. You shall take some water from the Nile and pour it out, pour it onto the dry ground. And the water that you shall take from the Nile will become blood on dry ground. So God is giving him like instructions and very specific details on everything that he is going to need to convince the people, specifically the Egyptians, that the God of Israel sent him. I want you to just listen to this. Verse four, Exodus chapter four, verse 10. But Moses said to the Lord, oh my Lord, I am not eloquent either in the past or since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and of the tongue. 
Then the Lord said to him, who has made man's mouth? God is getting frustrated here. Who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now, therefore, go and I will be with you. I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. But he said, oh, my Lord, please send someone else. Listen to this. Then the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, is there not Aaron, your brother, the Levite? I know that he can speak well. Behold, he is coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth and and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth and you shall be as God to him and take in your hand this staff with which you shall do these signs. So I just want to outline this to you real quick verbally. This is this is the exact way that you frustrate the Lord. God tells Moses about a people that need deliverance. Hear what I'm saying. And the only thing that Moses could seem to talk to God about was himself. Pride. There are a people. Look, you are a Moses. There are a people that need deliverance. You being so fixated upon your insecurities is pride. If God called you, he will equip you and you have to trust that. And so we think as human beings, God has already see God doesn't believe us because we've already shown him our nature as human beings. Many of you will say, God, I'll step out and I'll do what you said. If you give me the details, I'll be bold. If you give me the details, no, God gave Moses all of these details. You're supposed to be bold. Whether if you receive all of the information that you want to or not, you're supposed to be bold simply because of what God said. So God tells Moses all of these things, all of these different signs that he's going to do. He he allows his he allows his staff to be turned into a serpent. He allows his hand to turn back and forth into leprosy. And and the Bible says that the anger of the Lord kindles against Moses. He even tells him that he's going to do um, a miracle concerning the Nile River. And so you got to understand there were three there were there were I don't know if it was three things, but there were two things that were dealing that Moses was dealing with. Number one, the Bible says um, in the previous chapter, Moses fled from Egypt to the land of Midian. And he did that because he killed an Egyptian. So when Moses killed the Egyptian and he fled and he ran, he left Egypt because the Egyptians wanted to kill him now. So Moses left Egypt because his life was being sought after. So God is calling Moses to a region that wants to kill him. <laughs> Not only that, God is calling him to speak on behalf of a nation while he has a speech impediment. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. 
So God is touching on Moses's insecurities and his fears at the same time. But look at here. Let, let me show y'all this. Let me show y'all this. So this is this is this is beautiful. Now, the Bible says in Exodus chapter four, verses 19, this is after verse 19. This is after Moses has an has his encounter with God on Mount Horeb. Look at this. It says, and the Lord said to Moses in Midian, go back to Egypt for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. We could just close the Bible right there. What 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 if you just listen to God, all of the enemies that are seeking your life and are trying to stop you concerning your destiny. God said they've already lost. As soon as Moses came down from his encounter with God, when he fought through the feeling of feeling unqualified, when he thought when he fought through the feeling of being unqualified and being insufficient for the call and the purposes of God, the things that were called to hinder his destiny were already dead. That's the word of the Lord to you. Your enemies that are seeking your life are dead. So so this is the thing we want to see breakthrough in our purpose we want to see breakthrough in our cause but we won't move the breakthrough is when you move moses got to see the miracles when he started to walk as the deliverer that he was called to be for egypt and so you are a minister of deliverance to whatever sector of society to whatever people group god has called you to be uh to be in and so you have to you have to recognize the boldness of a you have to recognize the boldness of a lion inside of you. And you have to know that if God has equipped you, this is not you. You got to remember, this is not your kingdom. This is not your kingdom. This is his kingdom. You are only a vessel. You are only a vessel and a conduit. So let God worry about how his kingdom will be established through you. You just simply need to obey and go forth in your call. What keeps us feeling like we're unqualified is not just fear, is not just comparison, it's pride. We're too involved with ourselves. This ain't about us, y'all. The the our calls, our purposes, it's so much bigger than us. When we look outside of us, it will fuel us to be more obedient, to be more willing to step out and to walk in the call that we have. God is the one that qualifies you. God is the one that determines who you are called to be. God is so specific in his call that when Samuel anointed or when Samuel attempted to anoint all of David's brothers, the oil did not flow because the oil was not meant for them. There is a specific anointing that God only has for you. You. And if you don't get in line, God will find your replacement real quick. If, if, if you do not submit to the will of God, God will fi find your replacement. 
while I want you to be encouraged and while I want you to step into the boldness of your identity and I want you to know that the spirit of God is who qualifies you for your purpose. I also want to forewarn you and I also want to bring you sobriety and I want you to understand that just like God's anger can kindle against Moses, it can kindle against you too. You can frustrate the Lord if you constantly bring up your deficiencies to him. He is the Lord, your God. He is the creator of you. He already knows your deficiencies. God was getting agitated with Moses because he was, Moses was trying, Moses was informing God about things as if God didn't know. <laughs> That's why God was getting irritated is because God already knew this and he still chose Moses. Some of you are mad that God chose you for your assignment. God is not trying to, God is not trying to embarrass you. God is not trying to, God is not trying to mess, mess, mess with you. He's trying to accomplish the will of his kingdom. But also my question for you is this. Some of you, one of the reasons why you're stagnant in your call is because you're not willing to look like a fool for God. You're not willing to lay your reputation down before the Lord. And 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 that can be another thing that stops you. Right. So so you got to understand that this is not you doing this by your own might and by your own power. The fact that you feel unqualified and you feel like you're like, oh, like, I don't know if I'm prepared. Da, 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 da. Like the question, like did God send you or not? Is his spirit with you or not? If his spirit is with you, then he will utilize you and his Holy Spirit in you to accomplish everything that he is set to do for you in that season or in that specific assignment. But this ain't about you. You are not these people's savior. You are not their hope. You are not their redeemer. All you are, you are, you are simply the aroma of Christ. That's all you are. You are just called to give them Jesus. You are the aroma. You are the foreshadow of the greater one that is to come. You are, you are the John the Baptist that is preparing the way of the Lord. That's what you are. So you can feel unqualified because you're putting pressure on yourself. You're putting weight on yourself that God never told you to put weight on. Some of you, y'all are trying to, y'all feel responsible for people's salvations and you're not. Oh God. See, when you, when you come into that realization, that's what will really set you free. You are not called to get these folks saved. You, you, it is the spirit of God that draws these people to Jesus, not you. It doesn't matter how articulate you are. It doesn't matter how much scripture, you know, shoot. It don't even matter about the miracles. There are many people that have watched miracles and prophecy and are burning in hell as we speak. So, so the only way for somebody to be gripped by the, by, by, by the standard and the righteousness of God is by the person of the Holy Spirit. All you're called to do is partner and obey and do what he said. But I want to let you know, all throughout the Bible, all throughout the Bible, God uses people 
that were flawed to accomplish his will. You are not too broken for God to use you. You are not too, you are not, you are, you didn't, you didn't mess up too much for God to use you. God calls you because your story can be a healing agent for somebody else. What if your story is tailor made for a specific individual who feels like that they won't be able to make it and they're going to hear your story and revival will take place in their heart? Your testimony is valuable. Utilize your story to your advantage. Look, I tell people all the time, look, if you if you don't even know scripture and you're struggling to learn and utilize scripture, that's fine. But while you're learning to be fluent in scripture, why don't you testify what Jesus has done? You may not be fluent in every single scripture, but you can be fluent in your testimony. You can be fluent in what the Lord has done for you. Amen. So be encouraged. God is the one that qualifies you. This ain't about you. This is not about you. This is not about your ability, your strength, your gifts, your, 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 your power. You, you, you are not, you are, you are not the source of this. This is God who gives you the call, right? So be encouraged. Don't put more pressure. I'm tired. Don't put more pressure on yourself than what you have to. Abide by the Spirit of God and obey. And yeah. And I feel like I just want to pray. So I'm just going to pray. I hope this really ministered to you. And I hope you feel encouraged concerning your call. I hope you know that God knew who you were before he called you and he still called you. Stop asking God if he's sure. He said, I am the Lord thy God. I change not. And the Bible says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So if God does not want us to be double-minded, surely God is not double-minded. When you keep bringing up the things that you feel like disqualifies you from the call of God, it's like telling God that he made a mistake. It's like telling God that he spoke wrong. It's like telling God that he chose wrong. You're essentially telling God that he's in error. You may not want to do that, but subconsciously, that's what you're doing if you keep questioning him as to why he called you or if he should choose somebody else. You're essentially saying that the Lord is in error and he's not. (laughs) So, Father, in Jesus name, I thank you for every call and every purpose and every destiny and every assignment that is just listening to me right now. God, I pray that you would encourage them that in the midst of their weaknesses and their struggles, God, thank you, Lord, that they would boast in their weakness and they would utilize their testimonies for your glory, that their testimonies would be used to encourage those that are in a dark place, that are in a difficult place, that are in seasons where they feel like they cannot go any longer. Let their testimonies and their stories be life-giving to those that feel like that they are in a dry place, in a, in a deserted season, God. And Father, I thank you that boldness will come upon them, that every spirit of fear would be destroyed. I thank you, Lord, that you would give them peace even as they move in their call and as they move in their purpose, God. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, saints, I will see y'all on the next episode. Deuces.